0: biopiracy
1: hello Welcome to This is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hi-Fi Farms, and with me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. Hello. How are you?
2: I'm doing really well. What's up? So uh, I learned a another fun fact about bees Let's I'm going to share right. on Emma's, our segment. Uh, Emma's bee corner. <laughs> my bee corner. Yeah. Um, so Morgan Freeman... Okay. Has now devoted his ranch, I believe it's in Mississippi, to uh, 26 beehives. So he is like taking it upon himself to carve out at least a, a, a pretty large portion of his ranch to make a bee ecosystem that will flourish um, and hopefully uh, do do its part to save the bees. So
1: good, good on Morgan. Shout Freeman. Shout out Morgan Freeman. Yeah, love that guy.
2: Love that Come guy. On. He's 81. And he is just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go pick up these bees from Arkansas, and I'm gonna drive them all the way over to are we my ranch.
1: Gigantic beehives. I mean, are these are like beehives that would scare the hell out of me.
2: I'm. I mean, I don't know. I think they're like, you know, your standard beehive size. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But 26 of them is is quite a quite a bunch of bees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's planting all these different like plants and flowers that will like truly help them thrive. And that just makes me so happy.
1: Right on. Good, good, good job, Morgan, for Academy I know. Award, award winner, Morgan Freeman.
2: I know. And I got that. So I got that news from a client of mine who knows that I love bees. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's funny because yesterday I said randomly to my business partner, "It's like you know what I? It is a, It's one of my lifetime goals to like be a beekeeper at some point in my life. I want to have a beehive mm-hmm. and like help these little baby bees because
1: mm-hmm. I love them." <laughs> and that has been uh, Emma's honey tummy time
2: thank you my honey tummy time a segment on the show
1: fantastic that's so great (laughs) well i have uh, a little bit of fun trivia today today's my daughter's seventh birthday
2: happy birthday charlie Yeah.
1: yeah so uh that's been the predominant mood around the house this week has been the preparations for charlie's birthday now today is charlie's birthday then the weekend will be more of Charlie's birthday.
2: Awesome. Uh, She's having a party.
1: Having a party on Sunday. Going to have a bunch of little girls at my house, which will be really cute. We're going to play musical chairs, and we get cool. a, they they wanted to get a Donald Trump pinata. So like, wow. But we decided, like, uh, you know, we, we have a, like we didn't want to turn it. Into, we we're thinking about like the other kids and right. like that sort of thing. But I mean, might. but
2: cool yeah, that yeah. she wanted that. They, That's my awesome. kids definitely
1: wanted to beat up a Donald Trump pinata. Uh, yeah. And I think we wound up with a donkey, though. You know. So, I mean,
2: yeah, same. Yeah, uh, you know,
1: six on the one hand. So uh, we have a cool show today.
2: We do. Oh, I love our guest, and she's back for a second time, back for which second I'm time. so stoked because I wasn't here the first time.
1: Beth Schechter, the executive director of Open Cannabis Project. Fun fact: Beth and I um, grew up uh, about a mile from each other in Atlanta, Georgia, and did not meet until like I don't know, eighteen months ago. It's
2: wild. Yep.
1: Yeah. And um, so we found out that we have all these friends in common um, and et cetera, et cetera. And then even went to the same high school, but at different times because I'm a few I'm just a few years older than Mm. she is. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm she's like, you know, outside of you and a couple other people, probably one of my like, you know, closest buddies in the industry. Yeah, she's awesome. um, She's great. So we're going to go to that conversation now with Beth Schechter of the Open Cannabis Project. Long-time listeners might remember Beth from her appearance on episode 10 of this show. Uh, Beth, thank you for joining us today.
0: I'm so happy to be here again. Thanks Welcome for back. having me. I'm so it, happy to be here for your episode. I know. I was about to say, and Emma is also here this time, which I feel like this is, you know, I, I, I deserve this. You do. It, yeah. yeah. You thank too. you. I have. This <laughs> is <thank> your <laughs> victory lap. <laughs> this is. It's true. Uh,
1: if you guys don't know what we're talking about at home, uh, when Beth came in for the first time, it was the first time I think Emma had ever had to like take a week off for the show. Yeah,
2: I think I was traveling.
1: And so... Um, so beth came in and we talked about the open canvas project and um we missed you
2: and i feel honored that you're back yeah. so thank you i'm honored coming. to be back thank yeah. you for having me
1: it's great to have you um okay so you as established you're back to give us an update on the state of the open cannabis project and to share with us your goals for 2019 but first i'd like to ask you to explain to our listeners that maybe haven't heard of your fine organization what the open cannabis project is And why it's so important. And I thought we could talk about that for a minute.
0: So Open Cannabis Project is a nonprofit that our primary mission is to collect and share data and documentation about cannabis plants and make it as part of a big open data set. And the primary reason that we're doing it or part of the reason that the organization got started was really to help prevent some overbroad patents that were coming out on cannabis plants. Um, There are a series of patents that happened uh, that started in 2015, and they contain claims such as, you know, any hybrid cannabis plant with at least 3% CBD um, and then a 1% terpene weight. And then this list of common terpenes of which myrcene is not the most dominant terpene and understand. And then like, you know, many other claims listed after that. Right. And understandably, um, I think a lot of people in the cannabis community really freaked out. They're like, wait a second, there's this the beginning of a precedent of like all of this patented weed being all over the place. Are we going to suddenly not be able to, you know, grow and produce the strains that we've been growing? What does this mean for biodiversity? Right. Um, we've seen in corn. Because that-
1: someone who was like, kind of uh, savvy enough or perhaps like shark-like enough thought to get an attorney and get to it first legally, thereby excluding everyone from, everyone else from, yeah.
0: Sure. And part of the reason why these patents in particular are, um, have, there are so many questions about it is because there has been just, up to that point, there was like a tremendous lack of documentation about cannabis plants. And so as far as the USPTO is concerned. And why was that? So prior art thank you for stopping me mm-hmm. i sometimes get so lost in talking to lawyers that i forget that i'm yep. not a lawyer and no one else is lawyers and <laughs> that's fine um so yeah i should also that's uh, my uh that's the the disclaimer part of the, the the show i'm not a lawyer nothing that i'm saying is legal advice sorry
1: emma's not a lawyer
0: what? No, I'm not. <laughs> cool. That's no, great. I I'm have... also not a lawyer. Okay, great. I don't think we have any lawyers That's right, on the show. Will, Will, Will's no lawyer. lawyers. That's no okay. lawyers. No. There's no lawyer. This is a no. This is a lawyer-free zone, which is actually too bad. I actually really <laughs> love. Sure, sure, sure. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, lawyers I... are important. Lawyers are important. Yeah. And I, um, man, major shout out to National Cannabis Bar Association and um some of the folks at Miller Nash and modern uh, Modern American and a bunch of the other lawyers who have really helped us. Like the legal community has really come out in full force for i'm going to ask you more That's about awesome. that but let's let's Good. let's, let's
1: yeah. still continue to explain to our listeners right. like yes so why why um why the 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 fear of the rush to can cannabis patents i'm gonna suggest it's because cannabis was illegal f- uh, for 50 years or 100 years or whatever and so there was no documentation of it right
0: basically right so Plants like corn and soybeans and other sort of agricultural plants have, you know, all kinds of, you know, research and funding behind them to study them. Um, The USDA will accept seeds to be part of um, plant variety protection, which is a a registration system that's similar to a patent, but not quite the same thing. Um, And, you know, through those programs and through tons of university research, we have just like like epic amounts of documentation about corn and soybeans. Um, There's even a maize genome project that I find myself lusting after because I'm like, oh my gosh, you have like all this funding to just like map the corn genome, you know? Um, That's amazing.
1: That's how Beth parties
0: that's how I party <laughs> y'all I dream about mapping, having my own genetics lab mapping you know? of the
1: maze genome
0: mapping of the maize genome yeah so we just haven't had that kind of documentation about cannabis at all right. and so you know for for how for, as far as the patent office is concerned to be you know fair to them you know in light of the documentation they're like well there's nothing that matches right. X or Y plant right. you know meanwhile though there are a lot of people who are saying well this actually kind of resembles a land race or this resembles something that I've been growing but you know without that documentation, right. the USPTO. That's is, not how the law works. It's just just not how the law works. That's yeah. not how the system works. And so this is one of those weird areas where it's like, but the system works this way. And we're like, but reality. And it's like, but the system. And so mm. part of what we're trying to do and what I, you know, as many nonprofits are trying to do is sort of like, you know, repair that sort of like gap in the system. So mm. that's how we've got, gotten started. And we, you know, last year um, was really about like building a database and um, you know, the project started, um it started as a project at Phylos Bioscience. And then in twenty seventeen I had a small contract to basically separate the project and make it its own nonprofit. So it's been, you know, so twenty eighteen was really our first year as like a standalone nonprofit organization, fiscally sponsored by the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Thank you very much, Maps.org. We love you.
1: Nice.
0: And yeah, they're awesome. And so part of what we were doing last year was really you know trying to build a database so we're building a database that house both genetic and chemical data and to create programs that will allow people to you know share their
1: data with us um the easy- so let me stop you right there and ask yeah. like how does that work why why a database
0: there's a way i would answer that a year ago and there's a way that i'll answer it now okay, and I'll, right. I'll answer it the way that i'll answer it now so if you want to do really robust documentation about plants any kind of plant a cannabis plant you really want what the system that you really 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 want to have is you want to have a system where it's like you're actually you've got the plant material you've tested the plant material you have all of this documentation about the plant and how you know how that plant was bred what it might have been bred with all of that kind of stuff and there's actually some really cool people who are doing that work which is really exciting and i hope that we get to partner with them starting with where we're starting from which was just this data we're like okay well we you know I'm running Open Cannabis Project out of my house. Uh, I do not have like a facility for housing plants. Um, I'm also not a, a genetics lab, and you know, being separate from Phylos, um has uh, that part of the reason why we made that separation was so that we could reduce conflict of interest between the sort of like house of genetic data and all right. that kind of stuff. But part of you know, one of the things that comes with that split is that I don't have like my own genetics lab that I can just <laughs> use, you know, anytime I want to to test them plants one way to really start um with this process is data because the chemical analysis and your genetic sequencing results they're time stamped they're verified by scientists it's not anecdotal evidence it's like a real thing that points to the existence of a plant like no lab is going to like make up in infra- for i mean well maybe there's some like right. McShyster Lab. But it's also yeah, sure. <laughs> the the, the you majority
1: know. are working in good faith.
0: Yeah, majority are working in good faith, and so like the information that we have represents actual plants, right? And so as a starting point, a, a, a database of this information is a good starting point. And then on top of that, you know, I come from the open data world, and part of what I'm really interested in, which I think is something is an interest that Emma and I really share, is getting good information and scientific information to the public. Yes. Yes. And so needed so, so badly. So mm-hmm. badly, and I feel like you know. I don't know, care about that stuff. Well, yeah. okay, that's right. That's why you have the podcast where we just you know, right? Exactly. Yeah, we just 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 tell jokes, just
1: jokes. I'm, I am but a humble vessel for jokes. <laughs>
0: It's an ASMR podcast, <laughs> and Lee right. is its biggest supporter. Yeah, well, he well, crunches we, on fried chicken into the mic man,
1: often. The, for, yeah, that's an inside joke, guys. We'll explain <laughs> it. We'll get there. We'll no, get there. No, yeah.
0: we, we, we we'll might. just leave you. We'll just we'll leave just you there. To your own
2: devices.
1: Yeah. Your own Turns device. out that what really you will. hate ASMR. <laughs> okay, I find it really disturbing.
0: That's cool. So, yeah. guess what we'll be doing after yeah. the show? Anyway. So yeah, so a database is a really good starting point for actually doing that documentation work and then having access to open data Um, is really good. I mean, it's really primarily good for like researchers, scientists, students, people who want to study the plant, people who are interested in sort of, you know, understanding the different variation of plants that are out there. So that's why we really started with the database. Mm,
2: Yeah. I mean, accessibility, just having it be accessible to industry professionals, lay enthusiasts. And if it's in, if it's like open data, then you can't patent it. Right? Correct. Okay. Right. Yeah. So cool. that's another
0: piece of it. So, you know, but that's also, it's. I, I'm glad that you asked about open data because, you know, there's a lot of different layers to open data. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things, so part of the reason why the documentation is so important is that you know, having the information out in the public makes it far more difficult for someone to be like, Nope, that nothing like that exists. And it's like, well, actually here we have this timestamp thing. Right. Something like that mm. actually does exist. Like and it existed at this time. Like what you're saying is you're trying to claim a plant that's not new or unique enough to patent, right? I learned a lot in our first year with Open Cannabis Project. And some of the things that I learned are that there are some, and this is understandable, but also in a way that I don't think I really anticipated. There's a lot of mixed feelings about open data for cannabis, um, and especially when it comes to genetic data for people whose life has, for breeders and growers whose life work has been putting together these strains. You know, of course, they want to do everything that they can to protect them, and so documentation is a great idea. And also, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a great big sense of. Well, I'm okay sharing this information with my friends. I don't mind yeah. if, like, a in student a is studying in way. a community. I'm not as excited about Monsanto or some other biotechnology company getting a hold of my data. And right. it's like, well, we need to, especially
1: talk. if they're going to then turn around and say, no, we patented this because right. this is the way the system works, and now you have to pay us right, to right. grow. And to
0: be fair, like I what actually what you've been growing
1: for right. 15 years, and
0: I I want to kind of put up like I'm I'm glad that you said that, and also that's i don't think that that's actually how this stuff works okay and so i think that that's another piece of i think the equation is learning that like okay there are some fears that people have and some of those fears are founded some of those fears are totally founded like again we can look to corn and soybeans of which you know we have twenty thousand seeds that are registered at the usda and then we have like six primarily it's six lines of corn that are on the market right you know you think about the you know McDonald's needs a certain type of potato, you know, to right. make all of their, you know, special French fries, you know, like this, there's a supply chain plus sort of patenting system that results in monoculture, which is not what anybody in this industry really needs or- Nobody really wants, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe there are. Well, I think that there are some people who want it, but most of the farmers and breeders that I talk to, right. That's not what they want to do. That's not what they got into this. Like people got into cannabis because they want to heal people, because they want to like do good things with they the earth. They love this right? plant. It's yeah. folk medicine to it, so many people, not folk like medicine. Monocrop pharmaceutical. Produce Right. Exactly. Mass quantities. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, which is not to say that there's not room for that, but of course. Yeah. But so, you know, it's when something is documented and something. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, but we don't know those people. So. Right. The
0: well, we know some of them. All right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. You probably know
1: more than I. Do. We get around, so yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's true. No, it, it, you if, said it, not me. It's true. That's true. I did say that. No, but if uh, it's you know, if people have beef about anyone's intellectual property. Oh, boy, do I I hear about it. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for letting me know your thoughts and feelings about intellectual property. That is my job. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm more like an intellectual property and data sharing Punching counselor. Bags. Yeah. Which yes. is no, wild. I'm, going to, go a counselor. I'm okay. going to go with a counselor. But
2: that's wild. I mean, intellectual property makes my head spin yes. as far as like the, we're all not lawyers. But like the legalese around intellectual property, yes. that whole like talking about like support like supply chain of intellectual properties it's a it's a beast it's so a beast it's amazing that you're a counselor in that Thank you. Because that's really so much much wonderful, <laughs> seriously.
0: <laughs> Please make a donation to the Open Canvas Project as soon as possible. But yeah, it's, it's actually, I mean, honestly, it's an honor. I mean, I feel um, I've been burned by intellectual property issues in the past. Mm. I know what it feels like to be like, oh, cool, I started this thing. Oh, and somebody else actually owns it. That's a bummer, you know. And I also, you know, I have my, in grad school, I did a lot of work with farmers and really fell in love with the organic farming community. And so it's it's really an honor to be able to help in this small way.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you have written up a sort of mission statement for 2019 Mm -hmm. that has the title, The Year of Big Questions. Yes. 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 You write in your introduction, quote, last year was all about building technology. This year is about making sure that we're building it in a way that puts growers and breeders first and creating community-led legal frameworks to match. Uh, please tell us what you meant by that and what 2019 holds in store sure for the open canvas project
0: totally so um what i meant by that is you know again i think that open data is a really valuable tool and i think that looking at open data from a design perspective um it, it the people that it values number one are researchers scientists students which are great um but like we talked about you know without bringing the cannabis community into that design process into the process of developing how that data gets shared then they get kind of put second and so part of what and realizing that I'm like huh well this is you know I mean of course I love again I I love open data I love information but I really want to help farmers and so it's like okay well let's take a moment and like look at what we're doing, think about how we're doing it, bring the community in, because now we have, you know, another amazing resource that I didn't have a year ago, Is a whole community of people who, you know, know who I am, know that I'm really here to, like, try and and help them and really try and find solutions. Um, And so we have this great opportunity to bring people together now and to solve these problems. The way that
1: I see it, and tell me if you think I'm wrong or tell me what you think about this, is, like, this is a very, very incredibly important and super necessary function of the industry as it's maturing. Correct. Because somebody's going to own this stuff. That's the way... This that's the way sort of this system works, right? If we're talking about the system of like,
2: like American uh, corporate business, yeah. Really,
1: honestly, yeah. yeah, You know, like that's the way society works. It's like, you know, I live in a house, right? And I own that house, Mm -hmm. but if I don't have papers to show that I own that house, and one day I come home and somebody else is in that house, it's like. You know, or, or whatever it is, it's sort of right. you know. Well, actually, uh, there's tenants' rights, so okay, sure. somebody can't actually well, just do that, that I, even okay, without paperwork. So the, one of the way, you know, the, my my brain works in weird ways, but like I think about uh, Led Zeppelin. All right, and here, bear with me okay. here. Okay, uh, I think Led about Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin all the time. Uh, Led Zeppelin, especially <laughs> in the early days, borrowed a lot from the blues mm-hmm. as far as the, their first couple records, and uh, like and pretty much stole. I mean, everybody stole from the blues, but Zeppelin yeah. did it in That's a really like, pretty like, much particularly like white, egregious way.
2: White guy musician.
1: If Zeppelin, you know, eventually, like, so people like Howlin' Wolf and Willie Dixon and Muddy Waters eventually wind up suing Led Zeppelin for songwriting royalties because they had taken parts of their songs reimagined them but not really even reimagined they pretty much were just like taking parts of songs and making them their own songs and then making millions of dollars on them right mm-hmm. now Zeppelin eventually I think did the right thing and sort of shared songwriting royalties with people like Helen Wolf and Willie Dixon but had they you know not only not shared the royalties but then turned around and said to Helen Wolf and Willie Dixon who were there first and were the originators of all this great incredible music you can't play that song anymore that you wrote
0: mm-hmm
1: that's like what I see here yeah in a lot in a big way so what you're doing is um you know like I said super super important and super necessary because figuring all this stuff out coming out of prohibition mm-hmm. you know protecting the rights of people who are doing something you know effectively illegal um, for you know whatever it is 70 years you know mm-hmm. trying to figure out their their songwriting cop their copyright basically right. that's the way I sort of look at it mm-hmm. you know. Does that make, does that yeah. scan?
2: No, I mean, I I feel like Beth should answer that sure. question, but I definitely think that there's such power in community, in being able to align with the network of growers and breeders who do have this legacy, who yes. do have this history, who've been putting like everything into this. And the, the fact that we're now entering into a legal framework and especially in adult use and with mm-hmm. b- imminent federal legalization and global expansion, like to take that all away from them
0: is such. A freaking shame. It right. is such a shame, and I feel like um, I really feel like we have a national treasure mm-hmm. that is being decimated right now. That is like actual- we're going to talk
1: about that. We're going to get there, but but <laughs> so so to, I, I'm sorry. To, so but to continue no, give me on, the, on my give me the bourbon. We got to <laughs> yeah. talk about this now. <laughs> no. But so to continue on, sort of like talking about what the nece- how necessary this is to kind of start figuring right. all this stuff out um it seems to me and we've talked about this that like it, it, this isn't very cut and dry at all no. in fact it's it's uh you know it's sort of like all these sort of now secondary thorny issues have arisen from this sort of simple idea of who owns what you prove to me that you've been growing this so that we can get it sort of on a timeline so that we can stop someone else from coming in and saying no i own that but out of that has come all of like you know, like a Pandora's box is opened, right?
0: <laughs> Why yes, yes it has. <clears throat> Let's talk
1: about that because yeah. that's super interesting to me. You yeah. know, like how, like what are what are some of the crazy sort of second order issues that has have arisen out of the what was the, like the original mission of or one of the you know original missions of the Open Campus Project?
0: Sure, and yeah, that's a great question um, because yeah, you know, you think open data, open information cut and dry like I don't know like that's fine but there's there's a few things that are going on so one and one thing that's really interesting and I think that we sort of I we all had an aha moment about as a board at at open cannabis project sometime last year was you know really what we're trying to do well what we're really trying to do is to map the cannabis that's in the public domain from a patenting standpoint Mm -hmm. and a note about public domain Public domain has a few different definitions, and within the realm of patentable subject matter, um, there's not really a standing, like, very specific definition. Um, It kind of basically means things that belong to everybody. But where this gets really confusing with regards to something like a plant or... um, or a mason jar or any other object is that there are still ownership rights. There are still rights that you have to that object or that thing. I I think
1: a really interesting example of it, again, you guys, uh, but (laughs) is the song Happy Birthday. Somebody owns the rights to the song Happy Birthday and if you (laughs) sing it on television, You have to pay that person a lot of money Mm -hmm. and like you'll and they there's like they will if you sing happy birthday on a on a, you know, 30 minute sitcom on network television, that person, the person who owns that rights, they're very litigious and they will sue NBC. And so it's like a famous thing. Like, don't sing happy birthday on TV because you will be sued by this whatever. Like this is serious stuff. No, it's serious know? stuff. Yeah.
0: It's 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 serious, real bizarre stuff. Yeah, it's
1: crazy, <laughs> weird, super weird. And I always think, about, <laughs> because, I come from the music world, so like that's what I think about. But
2: but it's like it's, it's Happy birthday, just, it just it goes me down into a spiral of like ownership and capitalism and how yes. it's all a farce and like yes. it, it is a ridiculous thing. But it's also absolutely built into like the foundation and framework of our society. Yes, and so we have to play in this like really weird ass playground. Right. Yes. that set up. Yes,
0: I agree. And I mean capitalism... But now, is let just me stop
1: a- you and challenge you a little bit because if someone came in and said, well, you are synthesizing all this information about cannabis and you've put it into this amazing online school that you have... Um, you know, but you you presumably think that you you want to you should own that, right, or not? Yeah, but like, I
2: mean, but there I, mean, are I, hear, are I hear what you're who, saying, who, and this is this is what I'm talking
1: about. It. Like the crazy, <laughs> sure, you're, people are ripping you off, and that's fine. That's why we need to get you an attorney. But you know, like it is, like the what you just said is sort of. Like I feel like that's sort of, you know, that's what we're talking about here. It's like all these crazy side issues or things that have come out of this kind of fundamental premise. Yeah. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. I mean it's also like in the paradigm of folk medicine. And so like the information that I'm sharing, for example, right. I do not claim ownership to that information. Right. I'm just digesting the the research and the way that I explain it is what I own. And right. so I right, right. I have confidence that nobody could copy it's that. It's your time. Right.
1: I feel like at the end of the day that you, like, want to be...
0: Is her time and it's also her voice. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's, it's the way that you've compiled that information and the way that you've presented that information. That is yours. Exactly. But you don't own, you know, how CBD... Exactly. Right. What CBD exactly. CBD is. Right.
2: Right, no, right, way. Right, right, right. no way. No way, because I'm digesting research. Right. Um, I'm right. just
1: pointing out the...
2: Yeah, no, the, the, yeah. and that's where nuance. it gets, like, the, like it's swampy. Yeah, you know, the, it's, like, it's it is so really wild. Um, but, again, in, like, the paradigm of folk medicine, it's, like, well, the indigenous peoples own this information. Right. But then, like, historically and continuously, the way that we develop pharmaceuticals is a team of field scientists go in, ethnobotanists, and, like, study the way that indigenous people use folk medicine, mm-hmm. do field tests, take it back, isolate the compound, patent that formulation and then sell it right. um and and like
0: biopiracy
2: Exactly. And I I hate that but it's also again this really like weird
1: Byzantine
2: playground that we have yeah. to that we have to like sort that, out yeah with agility. Yeah. Yes. And that's where you like have the most agility in the know-how on how to like jump the lily pads.
0: Well, I can't say I have the most agility but uh I work with A lot of lawyers, and get a lot of opinions from a lot of lawyers, which I really am grateful for. Um, Which makes you realize that, like, there's kind of no—not to say there's no agile way to do it, but it's like it's like it's like kind of the worst board game that you've ever Mm. played in your life. Where it's like, well, I'm going to roll some dice, and you know, now I get to take two steps forward, but then I have to like fill out this form over here, and I don't know. It's it's more complicated than I would like it to be, and especially for cannabis, and, and because it's still federally yeah, illegal due to right. it's like the
1: sui generous nature of like this whole thing right.
0: and so I have a question that may be stupid
2: but <laughs> no no stupid questions if, here if the plant is federally illegal how can people file patents
0: for it because that's a great question and it's not a stupid question and Thank it's a you. question <laughs> I get all the time no no, no 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 it's not at all a stupid question it's a question that I had too I mean like you know I've had to learn all of this stuff kind of on the fly um and it's interesting because the Patent Office and the Trademark Office, the USPTO, the Patent and Trademark Office, they're together. Trademarks are really concerned with, um, well, to answer your first question, so patents are primarily concerned, when you get a patent on something, what you are doing is you are giving money to the federal government in exchange for a temporary monopoly on an invention. And what you're giving to them, um, in, in addition to some money to pay for your fees, is Is also a full disclosure of the invention Mm. and so the invention by going through this process of you know getting this like temporary monopoly what you're doing through that is basically getting repayment for your research and development like you are you get you basically get an opportunity to like make money off of this thing that you spend a ton of time inventing um, and nobody else can copy you without you know without you like shutting them down I mean people also get patents all the time that they don't actually T- really intend to enforce it's just to be like i feel really protected um and you know some would argue that you know some some have argued that like what growers ought to do is like get like sort of defensive patents that they can hold for themselves um and you know that basically makes it so that like a big company can't they can right. still share it in open source way with their friends but like if a big company it's an insurance policy it's kind of an insurance mm. policy i don't actually necessarily mm-hmm. you know th- i you know i don't Again, not a lawyer, but like, I don't necessarily actually recommend that because patents are expensive. Um, I actually don't think it's a Great idea for people to just go start like spending a bunch of money with lawyers right, right. now when it's like we need to survive, right. you know. That's right. like we're gonna go through that step one, you mm. know, and then. So wait, what was the question? Patent oh, attorneys are not on so, the
1: Maslow's hierarchy of needs. No, where, I mean, where do they fall? They, you know? No, I
0: mean, they, they they are in some cases, and so this is sure. and like, but it's it's again, it's murky, it's swampy, mm. it's tricky. There's no like so what are one the, right answers? Yeah, so like, yeah. so
1: what are what have some of these interesting. Second order issues come out of starting at this fundamental premise of we need to, you know. Sure.
0: So, you know, issues that have come up are one around. Um, so to finish answering the question. So the patent office is primarily concerned with innovation. And what the and what patenting does and the idea behind patenting is that it impr- it helps with innovation by one helping giving op- giving inventors an opportunity to protect their invention and their work and make a payback on it while also disclosing that information, which then lets other people sort of like modify it and like, you know, build upon it. That's ideally how this system is supposed to work. And there is a ton of criticism of the system, especially with regards to um You know, we changed the system from being um, uh, to really prioritize first to invent to first inventor to file. That's something that changed um, in the Obama administration. Mm. And that is I think the idea was to help to like cut down on a lot of um, excessive litigation around who owns what and who invented what. But the downside of that is that it means that like the People who have more money and more lawyers are yeah. going to be the ones who are able to be the first to file, and so it creates, in my, you know, non-lawyer opinion, um, a major bias towards you know people mm. who have lots of money capital. versus, yes, capital. It's it's like it's like we really prioritize money in this country. It's so Whoa. I know that's like yeah. I never I have thought, thought about it until now either. It's just it's, oh my god! Wow, big news, big news, everybody. <laughs> we live in capitalism in America. So some of the things that are murky that sort of come from this process, number one is that even though you can patent um, something like a plant, um, you can also absolutely incriminate yourself in that process. Okay. Yeah. Um, So it's a a big risk. It's a big risk. Okay. And so people who are, again, the people who have done it, and, you know, I want to say there are very few people who have actually done really big, broad patents on cannabis. And I think that, you know people made a lot of noise about this one patent family. Um, And, you know, in the United States and Canada, uh, the patent family has been accepted in Canada, but in a very, but the the Canadian government was basically like, yeah, we don't really want to set a precedent for this. So Mm. we're going to, you know, we kind of, because of treaties and stuff have to like let a version of this pass, but they made it a very much narrower version than what exists in the United States. Um, And then also, you know, people called the USPTO. I've called the USPTO, you know, and like talk to their plant department supervisor and let them know about open cannabis project you know so Mm. like you know they're very well aware of the issue and actually if you look at a lot of the patents that are coming out now you see fewer on plants and more on formulations more on um you know extraction methods like other kinds of things that aren't actually the plants themselves so
2: yeah i took a a deep dive down uh like (laughs) the patents that have been put out on cannabis and it was almost all that i found were nanoencapsulation yes patents
0: yeah there's like nanoencapsulation okay. patents there's uses of certain cannabinoids for specific conditions so
1: is that a dialect Yes, so oh, federally yeah. Protected. Yeah, right, definitely, right.
0: very definitely. And right. actually, GW, I don't know if it was the Epidiolex patent, but they just had one of their patents claims one and two were um, rejected um, or thrown out by the USPTO because they were so broad. Mm. So, you know, right. I will say that one thing that is, you know, the patent system is imperfect, but it is, you know, it 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 is something that, you know, they, they, they do try to be fair, you know, like everyone right. that I've talked awesome. to who engages with the system is like, you know, that's, they do seem like they're actually trying to do the right thing, which is cool. But so issues that have sort of come out from this, you know, one is this um, not wanting to incriminate anybody, right? And so we're talking about an open data set and data collection. Well, guess what I can't collect? Farm name, location, you know, like, I don't even want right. people to send me any of that information, mm. I want anonymized CSVs. Um, we're working on something that will let people share their metric API key, but also really working on making that as anonymous as possible. Um, so that's one piece of it, because I basically don't want to make a giant hit list.
1: Target, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, how about, <laughs> right. not, how about not that? Um, so that's A. Another piece of this that's come out is that when you... Part of documenting the public domain means that what you're also kind of doing is you're saying, OK, these are all of the plants that have existed before. These are not, you know, these are kind of the, this is this one giant map of all of all of these different types of cannabis and all of these different properties that should not be patentable, which is really cool. What you're also doing by doing that work, um, which is, was kind of a gut punch to learn about, um, is that you're basically drawing the boundary of where people can innovate. And so people who do want to go into patenting cannabis are really interested. There's actually people who have reached out to Open Cannabis Project and they're like, oh, my gosh, we really want to help you document the public domain so that we can figure out what it is that we can, you know, go after in terms of like a patented strain. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, realizing that it's kind of like, OK, you know, that's not necessarily my favorite but it's just <laughs> but it's but it's but it's a reality and so it's right, like right, right. and so then you get an, and so that's part of where it's like okay we kind of need to change the way that we're talking about this you know which is that like there it, it is incredibly important to document the public domain of cannabis i cannot talk about this as if this is the only way um, and you know the other the, the third thing that's really come out of this is that <laughs> you know i get yelled at on the internet a lot <laughs> less and less these days um, but you know I'm sorry by the way for all the okay. yelling yeah. I've done at you. Uh, you especially <clears throat> Lee. Yeah, I, uh, it's really actually it's only Lee who yells at me. Blowing out. up the comment section. Some reason section. some
1: reason you're you're, you're the guy. you get it all. I don't know why. I but, don't you know. know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, sure I know it's a really bad day when going and yell at Beth yeah. on Instagram. You
0: know, I other people do the same thing so yeah. you know You're join alone. Jo- join the party yeah. join the yelling at beth party I
1: don't know what's gotten into me.
0: yeah i don't know it's fine i actually have kind of taken to ignoring instagram a little bit because yeah. i'm like you know what i'm we actually i'm just trying to solve problems i don't really want to get yelled at about it but also sometimes people have really valid things to say and i'm happy to listen to that but um you know the the other piece of it the, the other thing that people yell at me about they're like well wait a second why are you telling people to like open source everything and do open source breeding when they should be able to like really make a living off of the plants that they're growing they should be getting like they instead of you know telling everyone to open source everything you should be telling people to like patent their strains basically which i don't I know. I no one can see this on the radio, but Emma is making a face. Yeah. I know. But listen, like this is just the world I live in, right? Like,
2: <laughs> like, excuse me.
0: I know, <laughs> right? But it's like, but it's true. And so, like, if you know, and look, I come to this really. I'm like, I, I'm definitely an advocate for farmers. I'm definitely an advocate for open information. And also, I'm, you know, more than anything, I'm an academic, and like, I want to be able to see all sides, and I want to be able right. to like have these conversations like adults. Instagram, people on Instagram, <laughs> people on Instagram, um, and you know we need to be able to talk about this. And you know what was what's been really great is that um, you know I, I so part of the way that we've sort of been changing how we talk we're talking about this is like okay, so here's the landscape that we're working within small farmers, which are also you know these small farmers are having a really hard time right now. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to do a couple of things. I want to, one, empower you with information about how this system works so that, one, maybe that can help to um, distill some, or like not distill, but um, you know erase some of the fears or diminish some of the fears that you've been having about how the system works. Because it's kind of like science. I'm sure you might get this a lot of times. People get scared of science. And then it, they get really freaked out about things that are happening in science. It's like, OK, actually, the things that are happening in science are like not necessarily bad. Like, just, yes. Right. Yes. Right. It's just information.
2: It's just information. Like it's OK. And it's if we make it accessible to everybody. Right. If we don't make it cost prohibitive right. in any way or prohibitive in any way, then like we will all get better with
0: the information. Right. Exactly. And that's like the and that's like the that's how open source is supposed to work. Right. right. That's, the that's... sunshine
1: being the best disinfectant sort of model of, you know, democratizing information. Yes exactly
0: Mm -hmm. totally and so like that's part of why that is so important you know there's all of these people who have a lot of different thoughts and opinions about how things should work there's also a lot of different variations in terms of what is open source there's open source public domain there's open source attribution there's open source uh with a share like condition um there's open source with uh There's sharing information for only educational or um, non-commercial use, which some would argue is not actually open source. But for me, the 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 question has now shifted away from like everything should be open source to like what is it that the community really needs and wants? And then how can we build technology and legal frameworks to really support that from both an ethical and a reasonable business standpoint? Because Mm. I think that there are use cases where, I think that the vast majority of time, like a good open source license, you know, giving, you know, Keeping things within the community, like really, you know, doing open source with people that you trust, super groovy. There's also a time, maybe, when it's like, okay, so I have this really special strain. I want to license it to a big company because I want to be able to make some money. I should be able to get royalties on that. You know what, right. what I mean? Like, I should be able to get paid for that. And I think that. This is sort of where the conversation is shifting. And these are some of the conversations that we're beginning to have. Mm -hmm.
1: It's such an interesting, we have to go to a break in a second, but like it's such an interesting, the way I see it is just sort of like you have these more and more, um, you know, you have commercial enterprise that are increasingly getting, I wouldn't say desperate, but, like, it's getting real, right? I mean, this is real money we're talking about, and these are people's lives, and these are people's, like, a a lot of times these are self-funded in the case of, like, Southern Oregon growers or whatever, you know. So you have these commercial enterprises.
0: If only they could um, get a loan, anyway. um,
1: Right, right, (laughs) who who have, you know, who have economic needs. um, Inside this, uh, you know, heretofore sort of communitarian, very sort of, like, uh kind of hippie ethos you know um system or or tr- kind of you know train of thought or whatever you know like we should share all we should we're all yes. cannabis we all grow weed we should share and share yes. alike and and all mm-hmm. that stuff and that's great and then you have this tension of oh but i gotta make money from this because i put my whole life into this right. or i don't want someone else to steal what i've done from me or you know so
2: well yeah it's the it's that like like communitarian mentality yeah. mm-hmm. but plus the mistrust of the system for the last 100 years during prohibition right. and then you, who would have persecuted and still many people are being persecuted for it so it's it's just like a very weird real right. space it's a, yeah there. it's almost
1: like this is a crazy industry that we're all in huh, weird. Uh, almost yeah. almost okay we need to almost. go to a break you were listening to this is cannabis and x-ray fm we will be right back with beth Schechter of the open cannabis project
2: This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values-driven, Oregon-owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world-class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere.
1: All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you were listening to This is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, and with me in the studio is my co-host Emma Chasen, and our guest today is Beth Schechter, the executive director of the Open Cannabis Project. Is, I love Beth Schechter, the executive director. Thank you. It's so mm. so great. Mm-hmm. Good um, mouthfeel. I have so- a friend
0: who, joins when she joins me, she says that she is the uh Executive Director Schechter Connector.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Shout cool. out Liz Blaze. If you had uh, oh, shout amazing. out to Liz. Blaise. Hey, Liz Blaze, um, you are a defector.
0: Am I? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> no.
1: Okay. It just so we, when we went to the break, we were talking about the sort of, you know, again, I, f- I really see this as such a critical. I see Open Cannabis Project as such a critical. Uh, component, but yet such an abstract one from, you know, in the in the sort of timeline of the cannabis industry coming to fruition in a, in a like a scaled, meaningful, you know, sort of sophisticated way mm-hmm. and the tensions therein, um, you know, and and so like, yeah, you you have three questions that you um, that you asked. Again, you wrote a manifesto on Medium. Uh, which was called Year of Big Questions and uh, talking about your goals for Open Campus Project for 2019. And it was, you know, around data and IP, overbroad patents, and preserving genetic diversity. I feel like we talked about the overbroad patents and the data and IP um, somewhat. I feel like we kind of got that, but like, talk to me about, talk to us, excuse me, about the preserving genetic diversity part of this because. That almost seems besides the like to me, the the fear of being um, hit with the lawsuit. That to me seems the most important of the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't agree, but mm. that you know. Oh. Um,
0: oh, I do agree. I well, I, here, so I would say that in terms of like, I think that they're all really important. I don't sure. know if I can
1: like stratify them, if or I whatever. can really
0: stratify them. I put them in the order that they are, though, because I feel like as a first order of business, we need to figure out this data and IP thing. And so I feel like that's also, that's, a, that's central to us as an organization. Right. It's central to how we collect and share data. It's central to how we bring people together and talk about things. So in some ways that sort of has had to come first. And that's been really true, I think, for a lot of Open Cannabis Project's history, both as an independent organization and um, as a part of Phylos. Um, you know, one thing, part of why this is important is because um, we are seeing a loss of genetic diversity and you know I've heard so many stories of people saying like oh yeah I had this great collection um, and then I got raided and it's just gone like everything is just gone you know and so it's a big problem collecting data and documenting things that have existed is one way of at least you know from like a mapping and data visualization perspective or a mapping and data collection perspective is really a saying like you know yes this exists you know a big part of what our cultures have done historically is just erase documentation of other cultures and that's the that, right. that's a way of actually erasing any evidence of that thing Um, But it is not in and of itself preserving genetic preservation and preserving genetic diversity. And so what we really want to focus on, so for each of those, so there's three sets of questions, one for data and IP, one about overbroad patents um, and really identifying which patents have overbroad claims in them, collecting data that support that. Um, The genetic preservation piece is really designed to bring people together to figure out, like, what are the strategies that we want to employ to do this, you know, like, and my sense is that there is a combination of centralized repositories in combination with Decentralized and um, duplicated repositories of seeds, you know, distributed regionally, that can help to solve this problem. But it really is about like organizing in a way that makes this that makes it happen.
1: Uh, there's is that what the candor. Herbarium is?
0: So, Candor Herbarium, I am such a fan of Dr. Eleanor Kuntz and what she's doing at Candor Herbarium. That's not exactly what she's doing, okay. but it's close. Okay. So, as I mentioned before, an ideal system for doing prior art documentation really starts with documenting the plant itself. And what Eleanor has been doing um, through Candor is... Actually, taking, and you'll really love this as somebody with a background in folk medicine. You're going, mm. yes, I know. I actually like y'all, y'all two need to talk. I'm pretty sure, Miss mm. Emma Chasen. <laughs> um, really
1: but, laying by the way, f- listeners, yeah. Beth and I both grew up, we, we grew up like a mile from each other yes. in Atlanta, but only, only met like here, yeah, like like, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, but we, so you're really cool. laying on the, the I'm really the, laying the in Georgia on, thing. on the Georgia. I love the yeah. draw. Yeah. I love the draw. I think too. we would have gone to the same high school, but you went to a private school. I and did. So we I went to
0: a private school and then an alternative school yeah yeah Mm -hmm. we
1: went to the well we both went to the same alternative school but not at the same time not at the same time oh that's right independence Independence high school
0: that's right yeah yeah cool i
1: Mm. wasn't there very long i dropped out soon afterwards but anyway i finished yeah (laughs) yeah,
0: (laughs) anyway any hoosies. so yeah fun times atl dirty south we that's a long time ago so what Eleanor is doing is documentation that really starts with the plant and she is very much interested in taking a traditional botanist approach to plant preservation. So she has she runs workshops where people do pressings of their cannabis plants oh. and she also cool. is a geneticist and so she is able to run, you know, genetic full genetic sequencing on these plants if she wants to. Oh my god that's I, amazing i know i know i know it's amazing. It's really amazing and um so i'm excited to uh, I, i've heard that she has accepted a position on an advisory board for us which i'm excited about so awesome. yeah congratulations thank you she's really mm. i she's kind of a hero um to me in the work that she does and because you know I remember having coming to the realization last year of like what needs to happen to actually do this documentation super thoroughly and then I met her and she's like oh she's doing it she's actually doing it so I want to do whatever I can to you know promote her work and then also you know I would love to see everybody doing documentation the way that she's doing it
1: isn't there like a in in like Wyoming isn't there like a mountain that they've carved the US government has carved out that sort of has all of life on the planet inside of it in case there's a nuclear war (laughs) Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I think that yeah, I I think that there is. <laughs> no, I, I promise I'm not making this up. And I, uh, you know There is. There, I think it's in Wyoming. There's. They have this like this like deep inside a mountain. The government has like seeds, and it's like a kind of a quasi Noah's Ark. It doesn't have animals in it.
2: I know it's... that there's one in a uh, Nordic country, like a huge seed
0: bank, and it melted. It did. Yeah, they had Are some you kidding. Oh. No, they had some issues with, like, the melting of the Nordic Seed Bank, which is another reason why this whole thing is so important. Like, you know, the idea of just being like, we'll just put it in. Depressing. Well... Welcome to the end of the Anthropocene, Lee. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this. Yeah, we did. We, were, we talked I mean, about that. Yeah. Let's anyway, not,
1: let's not get into let's not. We're in the end times. I just, I just, you know, but you
0: know, that's just where I live. It's just where I live. No, it's no, just I where I live. Believe me. Believe me.
1: <laughs> believe me. So, yeah. Um. I just started that Benjamin Wallace Wells book. The uh, It's about the end of the, it's about like what global warming will be at three degrees Celsius, four degrees, five degrees. Yeah. You know, it's, totally. totally not good.
0: Not good for humans. Good. Earth is going to be fine. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's right, beautiful. Right, right. That, that is, like inspires me to be like, well, everybody,
2: do whatever the f- you want. Don't yeah, hurt exactly. anybody, but like, yeah, let's let's like radically pursue our own joy. Great, the radically pursue ending.
0: joy and knowledge and art making and love exactly. and all the good parts of humanity and fi- and and really fighting for the things that we believe in. And right. for me, the things that I believe in, I believe in regenerative farming. I believe right. in getting information out there. So I'm like, okay, this is. This is what we got. So let's do it. Exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. That and 20 foot high sea walls in Manhattan.
0: So. <laughs> See, that's like
2: nihilistic.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. And, but then and, we're going to make some really like, cool boats. And like, uh,
1: you know, <laughs> we're going to make some great tens boats. Tens of millions of uh, climate refugees in Indonesia and, and you know, the whole country of india is going to have to go somewhere else and it's going to be global the war. world
2: is going to radically change yeah and we're humanity gonna, okay, we're... <laughs> will die but that's
0: okay
1: okay we're we let's we have a few minutes left let's let's get yes. back on track Sorry. back on track I, no I it's okay no no
0: no <clears throat> again I, I i take some responsibility for that well that
1: no the the herbarium thing that you were talking about melting presumably due to global warming that's
0: yeah. It, yeah, the seed bank. Yeah, it's a bummer. That's where we left off. That's where we left off. So, but that's the reason why we need to think about, like, different kinds of methods for this. You know, putting everything into one central place is cool. Right. But, like, it doesn't necessarily, like, actually solve the problem. Also, doing above-board documentation of, a you know, a plant that's still illegal might not be the best solution either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are strategies that we can give to people to, you know, do, you know, DIY, what sort of open-source source strategies can we use and deploy for people to actually do their own genetic preservation that's so cool i love that thank you oh that's so cool yeah so this is where and this is where open source and like gets exciting again for me it's like okay like part of where like you know part of sort of like where we're at with you know data and who has data and who has access to data and open sharing and biotechnology and all that kind of stuff part of the issue that we have right now is that you know open source works best open source is really designed to create a level playing field where everyone can play in but if not everybody has access to say um, you know, sequence assistant assisted breeding, or not everyone has access to a tissue culture lab, or not everybody has access to a lot of the really cool things that are happening in science, then the playing field isn't even. And so that's where we have to start thinking about like, okay well, what's a different kind of strategy? But then at the same time you hear people who are like, well, there's folks who are working on DIY, CRISPR and CASP9. You know, there are people who
1: I don't know what that is, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, it's cool. Um so uh CRISPR and Casp9 are basically technologies that allow you to both or um remove a gene from something and also to put a gene back in. So in
1: plants or in in all life forms. All
0: life forms. And so, right, like for right. example, when you are doing um when you were doing and I, I am not a neuroscientist, I don't, right. you do, don't do, do
1: genetic sequencing. I don't do
0: genetic sequencing or deal with like with, you know, like I don't work in a lab or anything like that. So but, you know, there are some when you're doing testing on certain like mice, for example, you might go and breed certain um, actually strains of mice. Might be the word that you use. I'm not kidding. Okay. Um, that have certain Paging genes. Pageing Aldous
1: Huxley. Go ahead.
0: Paging Aldous Huxley. That have certain genes knocked out of them. Right. And Pre- so-
1: listen, we should try to get rid of breast cancer if we can take that gene out of people, right, or whatever. Uh, do, do I don't. Or, or I mean, is that what we're talking about here? Is that sort of the ge- the genes for? for disease I mean you know
0: I mean I think that that's kind of the yeah kind of the idea kind of the idea yeah um, I can't really speak to maybe Emma can speak to more of the applications yeah there's I mean there's a ton of potential there so that kind of technology
2: then kind of opens up that can of worms of yes potentially in the future we could isolate the gene that um, is responsible for Parkinson's and remove that gene vectorize it take it out with CRISPR Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, right now, kind of like the immediate things that are happening are like billionaires are using it to like create designer babies with like blue Uh, eyes, like selecting for specific
1: genes to like build a genome
2: type of thing. And so, I mean, of course, with any new kind of technology, there's some like scary potential. Mm -hmm. There's also amazing potential. And it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. And like with all of this stuff, I mean, I think that what what Open Cannabis Project has really hit home for me is that there's a light and shadow side to all of this. Right. Right. You know, and we just have to remember that, like, there's no one perfect solution that's going to solve all the problems, except for regenerative farming actually might actually solve a lot of (laughs) our problems. Um, But, you know, it's it's yeah, science and law. There's good sides and bad sides to it. And part of. Where, you know, and it comes back again to access to information. Like the one thing, the one thing that we can do is give people the power to make decisions for themselves in an an informed
1: way. And Mm -hmm. to bring it full circle, what you just said about the light and shadow side, that's sort of where you're at right now. And by that, what I mean is like you started off with this sort of seemingly, seemingly like kind of innocuous and almost altruistic premise. And out of that came all of these unintended, not unintended consequences, like in a bad, you know.
0: Right. But But a lot of questions. But a lot
1: of questions. And yes. a lot of nuance and a lot of um, unexpected sort of pathways and exactly. things, right? And yes. so that's, that's where Open Cannabis Project is at. We have to go in a second. And I want to ask you our final question. But before that, like, how can people, what can people do to support you? How can they find you? How do what what do you, have, do you have a, a message for people that want to, that may be afraid of what you're doing and the people that yell at you at the internet, you know, on Instagram <laughs> and otherwise, like...
0: Yeah, of course, people can donate. That's always great. Thank you. Um, Ways that people can get involved are, well, one, sign up for our newsletter. We are um, in the process of, you know, we're going on a lot of podcasts. I'll be speaking at uh, NOCO 6 in Denver. Um, and I'm really interested in any and all opportunities to bring lawyers together with breeders and growers, especially to start having conversations about these things. Right. Um, for breeders and growers especially, if you just have random thoughts that you want to send to me, maybe not in all caps, that would be great. <laughs> I, uh, you please send your thoughts. Run to... a
1: spell check on that, please, for us. <laughs> <first, laughs>
0: yeah, you don't even have to do the spell check. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it.
1: U-O-Y apostrophe R-E. Yes. That's how it's spelled.
0: Well, sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> I'm just saying, that's the common, like, you know.
0: Right, thing. totally. Well, I mean, whatever. I make typos. Sometimes you just type so fast you make typos, you know.
1: But- no, you don't. No. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Yeah. elitist grammar freak yeah, 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 yeah. stop that we, are you being a grammar supremacist right now oh my god
1: now? guys i'm saying <laughs> proofread what you proofread what you proofread, write before yes. you send yes that's, that's true. true that's true
0: but so send you know send your thoughts to info at opencannabisproject.org and you know we'll also we're, we're we're very close to sending out a bunch of surveys all about you know genetic data you know chemical data ip right. all of that stuff so Um, Be on the lookout for those. And yeah, give us your thoughts and be a part of the conversation. We, you know, I am here to build these tools for growers and breeders. And so if you have strong thoughts,
1: like if you can't, you have to crowdsource that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like I literally you
1: don't don't have all the
0: answers. I literally don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? My board doesn't have all the answers. You know what I mean? This is supposed to be for the community period, end of discussion. Right. And so like, get involved. so get involved, you know what I mean? Reach out. Um, right now we're also, um, you know, we are, uh, we've, we're pausing data collection for a brief moment while we have some terms and conditions created and put together like a proper license for, right. um, for the data that's shared with us. So, um, but we'll be announcing when that is open up again. Cool. Cool. All yeah, right. Nice. So,
1: um, finally, we'd like to ask our guests a final question. Um, Beth Schechter, executive director, how do you define quality cannabis?
0: How do I f- define quality cannabis?
1: How do you define quality cannabis? How
0: do I define quality cannabis? I Emma, think... do you want to give it a shot? How do you define quality <laughs> cannabis? <laughs> well, I would say quality cannabis. Well, I don't. I This is hard because this is where I'm like. Do I say what Beth Schechter wants to say? Or is it, um, hold on, let me think what's about this. What's the
1: OCP line on this? Yeah, or what's the OCP
0: <laughs> line on this? Well, there actually is an OCP line on this. Um, I mean, I would say, so for me personally... I love sun-grown outdoor cannabis. I love supporting regenerative Mm. farmers. I love a full terpene expression. I love things that are just grown really clean, which is not to say that you can't get wonderful, amazing medicine from an indoor grow. Um, But, you know, I am, I feel happiest and most content when i know that i'm smoking or consuming a product that has been really made with care and that has brought love back into the earth so you know that's my that's my
1: answer that's a great answer good
0: answer thanks right. yes cosign i want to uh, <laughs> we should leave
1: it there beth Schechter, executive director of the open cannabis project Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank this you both great. so this much. This is by. great.
1: That does it for this week's This Is Cannabis. Please remember to email questions and comments to Cannabis at xray.fm. Also, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at thisiscanna on xray. This Is Cannabis is engineered by Will Romy, and our theme music is the song Impossible Okay by Portland artist Motric. Please be sure to check them out on Spotify. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Good night and good luck, and thanks so much for listening.
2: Bam. All right. Great.